0: How many of you enjoy or appreciate a good museum? Any of you out there? Uh, If you do and if you're in Chicago where I'm at, then you're in luck, right? Because here in Chicago we have some of the best museums in the country. Uh, I I don't know that I always appreciated the level of museums that we had here as a kid, but I did always enjoy going to the museum. My, My parents would take, my brothers and I, a few times a year, and and we go to the the Field Museum here in Chicago. I love the Field Museum. Uh, They had exhibits on dinosaurs with real dinosaur fossils, so cool. Uh, My favorite, though, was the the exhibit on on the Egyptians. They had mummies. It was just so fascinating. Uh, I also really liked, I think my favorite museum was the Museum of Science and Industry, though. Just so many cool exhibits there. They had one train, big train exhibit with all these model trains that filled this giant room. I think one of the largest train exhibits in the world. They had one exhibit where you could go down into what looks like a, a real working coal mine. I mean, it wasn't, but it looked that way. And they'd tell you all about how, how coal was mined. Um, they had one where you could get on board an actual World War II submarine. Uh, so so cool to be able to do that. You could get on a, an airplane that they had hung from, from the rafters. They had an exhibit on NASA and, and, and space with an Omnimax theater, just loved going there. Uh, Museums can be cool places, can't they? Uh, Places where we can scratch that itch of curiosity, places of exploration, places of learning. I don't know about you, but I love a good museum. But you know, uh, museums aren't the same thing as home. As much as I love a museum, I would not want to live in one. (laughs) I appreciate them, but it's not the same thing as home. Uh, museums are places of learning, but I think we would all agree that some of the best learning, the most important learning, takes place not in the halls and, and the exhibits of a museum, but at the kitchen table or, or on a stool pulled up to the kitchen counter, right? Some, some of life's most important lessons, some of our deepest growth and maturity happens at home. Uh, home is where we find rest at the end of a long day. Uh, home, is where, home is where we hear truth spoken to us. Truth that we won't hear anywhere else. We, we we read about truth, we see truth in the exhibits of a museum, but we hear it spoken to us personally, individually, at home. And sometimes that truth, that challenges us, sometimes it rebukes us. But the amazing thing about home is, is that it's also the place where we are unconditionally accepted and welcomed. It's also the place where we are equipped for life's journey, where we receive all the tools necessary to be sent out into the world. It's... Maybe most importantly, and most differently from a museum, home is a place of love. So I love a good museum, but museums are no place to call home. Now, maybe you're wondering why we're talking about home and museum today. And l- let me tell you: uh, in today's reading from Second Timothy, chapters three and four, the Apostle Paul is is writing to uh, a young pastor friend of his, someone he's been training and mentoring. Uh, a man named Timothy. And his encouragement to Timothy, I think, is for Timothy to make the scriptures his home. That's a lesson for Timothy. I think it's a lesson for all of us that we are to make the scriptures, the Bible, God's word, our home. And that's an important distinction because the, the truth is, unfortunately, I don't know if this was a problem for Timothy, I think it is for many of us today, in and, and that we, we treat the Bible, the scriptures, God's word, like a museum. Right? Like some, some place full of old dead artifacts where we read a bunch of old, about a bunch of old dead guys, right? Where, where we observe things from a distance. Uh, we, we treat the, the Bible like a, a museum uh, where we go to learn a few interesting facts, right? But then we leave. Uh, museums are a place, I think you'll agree with me, that, that are really great to visit on a rainy day or when we have out-of-town guests a few times a year. And that's sometimes how we treat the Bible, right? We, we pick it up when there's nothing better to do on those rainy days and then we put it down for long stretches of time. But, but the Bible was not meant to be t- treated like a museum full of artifacts that we, that we explore, checking out some hallways but not others. The, the Bible was meant to be a home. It was meant to be that place where true learning, true go- growth, true maturity happened. The, the Bible was meant to be a home. It was meant to be where we find our rest at the end of a long day. It was meant to be where we start our day and, and finish our day it, it was to be that place, the scriptures, God's word, where we are equipped with all the tools necessary for life. We were meant to, to open up our Bibles and, and to be challenged. To hear truth spoken to us that, that we don't hear anywhere else. Sometimes, yes, even to be rebuked when we need it. But, but also, that, that in the pages of the Bible, that we would hear a message of unconditional welcome and acceptance. The Bible was meant to be that place Where we hear of God's love, it was meant to be a home. Not a museum, but a home. I think Paul knows that this is what Timothy needs. I think God knows it's what we all need. We need a home. Because what, what Paul knew is that being a, a pastor, he's, he's, he's a pastor and he's writing to a fellow pastor, Timothy, Paul knows that being a pastor is, is hard work. And, and that's what so much of this letter is about. And, and yet what he writes is not just true of pastors, it's also true of, of all Christians, right? Being a Christian is really, really hard some days. And because we live in a world in which it's really hard to hold on to the faith, we, we need a place to call home. And and he invites Timothy to see the Bible, the scriptures, God's holy word, as that home that we can run to no matter what. Uh, Every once in a while, uh, someone asks me about how I came to be a pastor. And they want to hear my my story of how I got to be where I am today. And sometimes I feel a little bad because I don't honestly have some amazing story to tell. Uh, There wasn't like some moment where I heard God speak to me from the clouds and the heavens open and I heard a voice. I, I wasn't given a dream. Just woke up one morning having heard from God, go to seminary, become a pastor. It wasn't like that for me. I didn't have one kind of defining moment, one big story. I mean, I have a story, but it's kind of like a lifelong story full of little stories where God was leading me to where I am today. And so when people ask me, how do I, how did I get here? What's my story? I often feel a little bad. But when I feel pressured to tell a story, here's the one I tell. (laughs) And it usually starts with my time as a, a youth worker at a church in Lamont. Illinois. I I went there to do an internship and to lead, kind of to get going, get started, the junior high, high school, and a little bit of the the college ministry there. And when I was there, that's all I was kind of interested in, and that's what I was totally happy doing. Uh, I was so happy to be working in a church, something that I worked towards for a while, and to be working with these youth. I loved it. And at that time, I had really no interest, it wasn't even on my radar to, to think about becoming a pastor. I didn't think negatively about pastors, I just never saw myself as one. I really enjoyed what I was doing, working with those, those kids. Uh, but it was while I was there that I had a really amazing pastor. And I got to watch him. I got to befriend him. He, he began to mentor me. He was really great that he would take me around with him to do some of his pastor things. And so I got an up-close look at what it meant to be a pastor. And, and the longer I was at that church and the longer I got to spend time with him, I, I remember thinking to myself, I want to be like him. I mean, the things that he gets to do and bringing Jesus to people, I want to do those things too. And, and the moments he got to share Together with God's people, with Jesus at the center of it all, I want to be a part of those moments. Some some really difficult moments, some of life's hardest moments, but also some of life's best moments. And, and I thought I I wanna I wanna share in those moments too. I, I wanna be like him. I, I think I wanna be, I think I wanna be a pastor. And so it was that experience, and it was is that pastor of, of mine that led me to be a pastor. And every time I think about that, that experience and that pastor friend of, of mine. I often think that I'm I'm sure glad that I didn't have Paul as my pastor to look up to. Because I don't know that I ever would have gone to seminary. I don't think I would have ever become a pastor if, if he were my pastor. Because life was really, really hard for Paul. Right? I mean, amazingly hard. Think of everything that Paul went through. And if I had seen... That and a pastor, I think I would have stayed far away. I mean, think again about what Paul went through. He he was often rejected by people that he ministered to for years. They just would suddenly turn their back on him. Uh, he was run out of town multiple times, having to run and flee for his life. He he was stoned and beaten. He he was shipwrecked. Uh, he was imprisoned many times. And in fact, as Paul writes this letter, the letter of 2 Timothy, that we that we focus on today. As far as we know, this was Paul's last letter. And he's writing it from that jail cell. And it's actually the second time he's in prison in, in Rome. And and, and listen to, to how hard he describes life being to Timothy, right? He doesn't sugarcoat it for Timothy. He, do, he doesn't whitewash things and say, oh, Timothy, everything will be fine, right? He, he's letting Timothy know that as a pastor and as a Christian, it won't be easy. So listen to this. This is from chapter 3. Listen to how Paul describes the difficulties of the Christian life. He says, But mark this. There will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the form of godliness but denying its power, having nothing to do with them. I mean, that's pretty hard life, right? It's, it's not easy to be a Christian. And I don't, need, I don't think I need to belabor that point to any of you. Uh, to anyone here who considers themselves to be a person of faith, you know how hard it is. Right? You know how, it's, how hard it is to see one thing, one reality with your eyes, but, but to be told another. And, and you know how hard it is to, to keep the faith when life is falling apart around you. I mean, what am I saying? You know how hard it is to keep the faith when, when everything is going really well. It's, it's not easy to be a Christian. We live in a world that makes it hard, that's constantly lying to us, constantly pulling us in all sorts of directions. You know it. Paul knew it. Timothy knew it. And so Paul writes to Timothy, encouraging him to remain devoted to God's word, uh, personally and professionally, if I can put it that way. He's calling Timothy to run into the home that the scriptures are, to find in in God's word a place of rest, a place of truth, a place where all of the tools are found necessary to live this Christian life, a, a place where we hear truth and are challenged, but where we're also accepted and welcomed, a place where we hear of God's love and salvation. Paul knows how hard life is. That's why he encourages Timothy to make the scriptures his home, because it's the home that we need. So dear friends, I I would encourage you to do the same. Some of you, some of you I know from talking to you, have made the scriptures your home. They are the place that you start your day from. They are the place you return to at the end of each hard day. They are the place that you stop in at at lunchtime. And and to you, I would say, praise God. Keep on returning home. There are so many blessings there. There are so many more rooms to explore, nooks and crannies to, to find. Keep returning home. To those of you, and I think we've all been there, to those of you who have wandered far away from home, who have run away, and, and again, we, we've all been there. Because sometimes, the truth is, home, uh, when, when you've spent your, your, maybe your, your youth growing up there, it feels a little boring. It feels dry, unexciting. We, we feel confined by home many times. And, and so we, we run off. We try to blaze our own trail, go our own way. We, we look for, for, for places that are more exciting, right, that really grab our attention. And some of you maybe are there today. What I would say to you is come on back. The the front door is always open. And God is, is, is waiting for you there. He has something to tell you there, something beautiful, something that we all need. To those of you who have never made a home in the Bible, right? Who have maybe barely, if ever, cracked its pages. What I would say to you is it's never too late. There are so many wonderful things to hear and see and experience within the Bible. So many promises. God wants to share with you. So, so come home. There's still time. For you, the door is also always opened. It's always unlocked. God wants each of us, no matter where we're at, to make the scriptures our home. I think, I'm sorry, I've actually forgot to tell you about the best part of home. Home. Uh, I think you know it, right? The best part about any home isn't the bricks and mortar. What makes a home a home isn't the square footage or the number of bedrooms or, or bathrooms or even how it's decorated. No, what makes a home a home is the people, right? It's, it's who we find waiting for us there when we open the door. And, and when we open the door of scriptures, when we crack its cover and, and open up the pages, do you know who we find? Jesus. That's the the power of God's word. That's the power of this home. It's it's that in our home, in the Bible, we find Jesus every time we open up its pages. He's always there at, at the front step with open arms, ready to welcome us in. He's always there sitting at the dinner table, ready to share a meal. He's always there asking us to pull up a chair, inviting us to plop down on the couch. It's in the Bible that we meet Jesus. Maybe you've been searching for him. Maybe you've been searching for that place of rest, for some peace in your life from some stability. Maybe you've been looking for truth. Well, dear friends, it's all here in the scriptures, in God's word, because that's where Jesus is. That's where we hear his voice. That's where we read about his life. That's where we, that's where we hear of his salvation. In our home, we find Jesus every single time. Dear friends, once again, no matter where you've been, no matter how far you've wandered, Come back home. The Bible is not a museum. It's not just a place to scratch that itch of curiosity. It's not just a place to visit on a rainy day. It's not a place full of dead artifacts that we examine from a distance. It's a place of life. It's a place where we are embraced. It's a place of growth and equipping. It's a place of of truth and challenging and rebuking, yes, but also of acceptance and welcome. So come home. And when you do, Jesus will be there for you. In his name, amen. Uh, Dear friends, I I wanted to just give you one last uh, word of encouragement. I I know that reading the Bible can be really, really hard sometimes, right? If if you were just to sit down to open the Bible, whether it's for the first time or the hundredth time or the thousandth time, it can be overwhelming sometimes. It, It could be like walking into a a million square foot mansion, right? And you don't know where, where any hallway leads. You don't know how to get to where you need to be. There are so many rooms and, and you don't know where to start. That's, that's how it can feel reading the Bible sometimes. I, I know it's not easy. Sometimes it leaves you with more questions than answers. And, and the truth is, though, that you were not meant to just figure it all out on your own. You were not meant to read the Bible alone. It was meant to be an act of, of community. Uh, We are meant to read it together as a family. And that's what we do in worship. That's why we have our Bible studies. But I also want to let you know about one more uh, resource for you. And that is if you go to our website, www.livingchristlutheran.org, you will find a tab there, a link to a whole list of resources where you can be equipped in your own walk with the Lord. There are books on prayer and Christian living, but also books that will help you read the Bible to make sense out of it, that will answer your questions, that will walk along with you as you navigate those hallways and explore each and every room. So dear friends, don't read it alone, but be sure to check out that resource. Once again, God bless everyone. In Jesus' name, amen.